Hallelujah. So I'm just stir you up for the month of February. Man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's going to be a great month. Not only here, but it's going to be a great month in some of you lives. In your lives, your marriages, your homes, your finances, your jobs. See, I'm going to tell you, some of you just got to start prophesying to yourself. Just start speaking that. Well, you have not because you ask not. All right. Go, go to with me the book of Exodus, chapter 6. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Please cut the fat. I'm telling you guys, I lost a lot and left enough weight over the fast. I lift my pants right now and you'd see my belt. Is just to hold these dudes on, man. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, where did I tell you to go? Exodus, Exodus 6. Let's go there. Let's begin here. Genesis, then Exodus. As we're turning there, we've been talking about the things of the world here on Wednesday nights. Now, when you look in, in 1 John, the things of the world that John said, 1 John 2.16 says, that the makeup of the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Now, if you were here last week, we talked about in, in 1 Corinthians 1.30 that God said that through His Son, Jesus... I've made you uh, wisdom, or I've given you wisdom. You know what that affects? That affects my thinking. How many of you need some kingdom thinking? Well, you know what? I'd encourage you. I thank you, Father God. Woo, I welcome your wisdom tonight. I will. And some of you say, but I'm not wise. Well, you got to start saying that by faith. You know, I thank you, Father, for your wisdom. The second thing that he talked about is he said, I've given you righteousness through my son. You know what righteousness is? That's the way I live. I'm blessed. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. The third thing that he talked about was sanctification. You know what sanctification means? He's cleaned your slate. In other words, look at your life on a big chalkboard. And you've got all these marks, tallies of sins. I mean, some of us... I mean, we had a bunch of angels marking all the time. They were marking with both hands. Man, that dude's a great sinner right there. But because of Jesus, the blood, just as we talked tonight, we overcome by the blood. You know what he did? And you know how that happens? When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. See, it's not based on how good or bad you've been. It's based on what he did. The last one he talked about, this is 1 Corinthians one thirty, was redemption. Redemption, and, and redemption means even a fresh start. That we got to start all over. Now, the word redemption means to be repurchased. That means you and me, we were bought with a price and paid in full with one sacrifice. And with it came a warranty that only Jesus could make. That warranty, I'm telling you, if you're getting 60 days the same as cash, that ain't nothing to Jesus. And if you got a six-year bumper, that ain't nothing compared to Jesus. The warranty that he gave us is forever. Okay? And it doesn't matter, once again, your goodness, your badness, your ugly. Jesus said, I'll take, the, I'll take it. I'll pay the price. Now, here's another definition of the word redemption. It means to ransom. Think about this right now with the word ransom. What would, what would that mean to you, a ransom? Well, I thought about that and I said, you know what that means to me? Somebody's been kidnapped. To get them back, you got to pay a, a, a ransom. Well, guess who's been kidnapped? Me and you. And you know who kidnapped us? This idiot, this raging maniac named the devil. But you know what Jesus said? I'll pay it. 
I'll pay it, I'll pay it, I'll pay it, I'll pay it. So this is just some of the benefits of all that. Now, I want you to see here in Exodus 6, because some of the stuff that took place in the Old Testament, you're going to see how it took place in the New Testament too tonight. Uh, Exodus 6, let's begin in verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of this land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I'm Yahweh. Yahweh. Hallelujah. Verse 3. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. Now the word there, God Almighty, you know what it means? El Shaddai. The God who's enough, the all-powerful one, the all-sufficient one. That's what that word right there means. But my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant. Now remember, a covenant, guys, is an agreement with two parties. So he said, I've established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers or passing through. And I've also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore... I say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. Now, what I'm fixing to read in verses 6 and 7, these are four expressions of redemption of what Father God did for the Israelites. Now look real close. He says the first one, I will bring you out from under the burdens of Egypt. Now he said that right there. He said, I will. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring you out from underneath those burdens. That was the first one. The second one, he said, I'm going to rescue you, rescue you from bondage. You know, every one of us in this room can have uh, burdens. You may be in bondage tonight. God said, I will. Look at the next one. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. And then the next one, he said, I'm going to take you as my people and I'm going to be your God. And so, in other words, I'm going to be your heavenly father. Now, this was four of, of the great redemptions that he promised them. Now, he's promised that, us that stuff too. And over in Exodus 15, it says specifically, I've redeemed you. I've done it. I'm not going to do it. I have done it. And so, in the light of what God did for the Israelites... This is the same thing he did for us through Jesus. Every one of us. Now I want you to go to Colossians 1, and this is where we ended last week. Colossians 1, and in this passage here, you're going to see the same actions that took place there in Exodus 6. And the reason I want you to see these is because you're going to see right now what Jesus has done for you. Period. Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, the New International Version says, who's qualified you to be partakers, to share of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And you know what the inheritance was? It was a covenant. Father God said, I got you boys a covenant. 
I'm going to take care of you. And just as he said in Exodus 6, 4, I've made a covenant or I've established a covenant with them. This is exactly what Father God has done for me and you. We got an inheritance. Now, do you guys want to know what your inheritance is? If you don't know what your inheritance is, you're never ever, ever going to be able to use it, benefit. It would be like me having an inheritance in the bank. Someone will me $50,000, but if I never knew it, it'd sit there my whole life. Here's our inheritance. He has, he has, Jesus, has delivered us, has delivered you. You know what that's associated with? Bondage and burdens. He has delivered us. He has delivered you. And just what has He delivered us from? The power of darkness. The power of this world. The control and dominion of this world. And what else did He do? He conveyed or He transferred us into what? In the kingdom of His Son. So right here, you know what He did? He, he, he conveyed us into everything that Jesus did. He made Jesus take our place. Now, how do I become a part of this kingdom? I give my heart to Jesus. I give my heart. The minute you give your heart to Jesus, you have now declared citizenship in the kingdom of God. No matter what's taken place in your life, He's delivered you. He's delivered you. Now, I encourage some of you, when I talked about targeting the things for the month of February, I'm telling you, I would use this verse right here. And I would say, He's delivered me. He's delivered me from anger. He's delivered me from lust. He's delivered me. And I'm telling you, the whole month, you start saying that, and you know what you're doing? You're agreeing with the Word of God. You are agreeing with what God said here. He said, I've delivered you. I've delivered. You're my boy. You're my girl. I don't want you in bondage. I don't want burdens. I've delivered you. So let's go on a little bit farther here. Furthermore, in whom, in Jesus, we have our redemption. Now, can I clue you into something here? If we have our redemption... That doesn't mean you're going to get it when we get that. That means right now. If you read that, he said, in whom we have redemption. That's right here on this earth, guys. Jesus paid this price for us. This is part of your inheritance, your covenant. And so he says, we have our redemption. And how is our redemption coming? Through his blood. Just what we sang about tonight. Woo, the blood of Jesus. Even the forgiveness of sins. Now in this present age. So what he's telling us here, that God set Jesus to be our barrier against this world. And he still operates, still does this. Now, as I look at this, there's two keys in there to receiving the things of the kingdom of God, your inheritance. You want to see the first one? Look back at the very first uh, uh, verse there we read, verse 12, the start of it. Look what it says. Giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father. You know what I believe is huge? When you learn to give thanks to Father God before you ever walk in Him, 
See, that's where your faith kicks in. That you start going around and saying, Oh, I thank you, Father God. You've delivered me from the power of darkness. And you know what? Darkness may be all over you. But I just keep saying that. Now listen, guys, I'm going to refer back to my own life again. That, that all those years of my life that I walked in, I walked under the darkness, the control of alcohol in my own life, I started speaking this. And I began to give God thanks and I said, oh, thank you, Father God. You've delivered me from the power of darkness. Did that mean instantaneously I was free? Well, you know what? The Word of God said it was. But before it happened, it had to take root in me. The Word of God shall not return void. It shall not return uh, empty. You know what that tells me? The Word of God will do precisely what it says it'll do if I'll stay hooked up to it. So I'd say, and I'd say, I've been delivered from the power of darkness. I think alcohol has no dominion over me. What would happen the next day? You know, I'd go out and get drunk. Slobber and drunk. You know what I'd do the next day? I'd get up and I'd repent. Man, it'd break my heart. But I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, listen, buddy boy, you've been delivered from the power of darkness. And I'd get happy. I'd start getting so happy. And before long, that word started taking root. And before long... This boy got set free. Not because I'm any different than you, but because I said, okay, Father God. So here's the key. You start giving him thanks. And thank him just like I said, thank you, Father God. You've delivered me from darkness. Thank you, Father God. You've transferred me into the kingdom of your son. Thank you, Father God. I've got redemptive power all over me. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord pay for it. That's not what it says. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. So if Father God said, I've done redeemed you, just like he did the Israelites, that's where i got to get over and start believing it. i got to start walking. That's the first. You start giving him thanks by faith. Woo, thank you, Father God. My, my, my kids serve you all the days of my life. I thank you, Father God. My marriage reeks with love and respect. And you would say, but that pastor, that's so far from the truth. My marriage reeks with anger and hate. Start speaking to it. The second thing, and if you'll look there in verse 14, he said, through his blood. Through his blood. Through his blood. Through his blood. One of the best ways you appropriate the blood of Jesus is you just begin to speak to it. Father God, I thank you your blood is cleansing me right now. Some of the old timers, and you heard me say this a few weeks ago, they would talk about pleading the blood. Woo, I plead the blood over my eyes. I plead the blood over my mind. I, th- I thank you, that blood, that blood. Just as we sang, you know what happens with the blood? It puts something in us that says overcome. Overcome, 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 overcome. And so when you begin to see this, man, i got to start doing those things. i got to start believing God. Listen, how many of you, you pray before you eat? Why do you say that? You don't pray after you eat. You pray before you eat, and you know what? You pray in thanks and in anticipation of what I'm fixing, even though you hadn't had one bite, unless you cheated. But think about that. You know what you do? You're thanking, Father God, for what you have not partaken of a bit up to that point. See, that's the way my faith works, too. I said, well, thank you, Lord Jesus. And with Jesus, it's Christmas every day. Oh, Father God, there's a big price paid for me. Big price. Now, here's the issue that happens for every one of us, that in my own life, 
I tried day after day after day to get free from alcohol. I tried in my own abilities. And it was a grind. And you know what? There was never any fruit in my life. You know why? Because God didn't design it that way. If He thought we could get free on our own abilities and our own strength, you know what? He would have never sent Jesus. But He knew as human beings we couldn't do it. So you know what He said? I'm going to give my son to him. And so when you hear people say, well, I'm going to start coming to church when I clean my life up. Ain't going to happen, darling. For none of us. I come to church the way, you know, it, it doesn't bother me when you come in here and you got issues with your life. I celebrate you're here. I celebrate. You know, it doesn't bother me if you go out here and smoke a cigarette after church. It doesn't bother me. Not, I care less. God's working on you. God's working on you. I remember one night, it was like this. It was real hot in here and right after the service. And I'd lost weight preaching. So I went outside immediately. And it was a Wednesday night. And there was a lady out there in our church. She's sitting up against the wall smoking. And I stand right next to her. And I said, hey, so-and-so. And she looked at me. And I promise you guys, she thought I thought she was going to eat that cigarette. And I said, hey, 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 take a big hit on it. It's all right. I'm not God. It's okay. Don't let that stay. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I've walked into restaurants and people sitting there with a beer, and you know what? They freak out. It's pastor. Pastor, I ain't got no power, God. I'm just a man. I'm not to condemn you. I pop their table and say, bottoms up, baby. Put it down. If you're going to do it, do it good. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to encourage you to do that. See, listen, guys, with the Israelites... Their redemption wasn't based on anything they did. Nothing. Not a thing. They were rescued. They were redeemed. They were blessed. And you know how it all took place? Because of what Father God. How many of the ten plagues did the Israelites do? None of them. How many of them split the Red Sea? None of them. They just got in faith and they believed God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And even it came to the, the tenth plague, the Passover. You know what? The only thing they did is they appropriated the blood over their lentils and their doorposts. So you know what they said? Here's the blood of the lamb. And you know what the blood of the lamb said? It marked them that they were children of God and not children of the world. So just like us, guys, we don't have to do anything that receive and start getting in faith and say, thank you, Father God, you're moving. But appropriate the blood of the Lamb. Begin to speak the blood over your home, your life, and your marriage. And here's something that's liberating for you. I can't do anything about the world, nothing, but live through Jesus and say, all right, Lord Jesus, I welcome everything you are. Go, go to the book of John, chapter 8. John, chapter 8. Listen, guys, I, I, I encourage you, get a hold of that passage there in Colossians 1. I'm telling you, that stuff will set you free. It'll set you free. Man, take a dose of that in the morning. Take a dose of that at lunch. Some of you need to take a dose of that even at your break times. And before you go to bed, man, I mean, before your little head hits, hits the pillow, man, I thank you, Father God, you delivered me. You delivered me. Woo, I, I thank you, Father God. John 8. Verse 21. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. 
You know what the Amplified says? It says you will die under the curse of sin. Remember what we read a minute ago there in Colossians 1.14? That you overcome by the blood even the forgiveness of sin. I don't have to die in my sin. But you know what I do have to do? I have to take responsibility for my sin and say, Father God, I've blown it. I ask you to forgive me. Now come in here and wash me. Cleanse me. Verse 22. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Now the Amplified says that where it talks about world there, it says, you are of this earthly order. Jesus said, I'm not of this earthly order. He said, you're from beneath, I'm from above. Now, here's what I want you to see. Right there in that verse, verse 23, when you see the word from and of, those imply origin. Your place of origin. Now, the question I see right here in verse 23, it is not if you're a good person or a bad person, it's what's your origin. What is your origin? In other words, what's your residency? See, you can't change people at all unless you change their origin. There ain't one of us in here going to change unless we change our hearts. I change my residency. And this is what he's telling us right here, that i got to get to the place where I change my origin and get over where I start living by the things of the kingdom of God. How do we know that? What is born of the flesh is flesh, but what is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so what happens with salvation is there's only one way to Jesus. There's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. But in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, and we use this for salvation, it doesn't say that when you confess the Savior, Jesus, it says when you confess the Lord, Jesus. Now there's a huge difference between Lord and Savior. You know what Lord says? I submit to you. I submit to your wills. I submit to your ways. I believe you're my master. Now, Jesus is an awesome master, guys. He's not a, a master that puts us in bondage. He's not a, ba- a master that condemns us. But there is freedom. And so part of changing my origin is, who is Jesus? See, there's a lot of people in our society that say Jesus is Savior. But is he Lord? And if he's Lord, you know what Jesus said about that? If you really love me, obey me. Do you know what the proof of the pudding is? The proof of the pudding is always in the eating. And that means my actions, my obedience, my behavior, it shows if he's Lord and Savior. Now right here, he does not say, you got to be perfect. But here's the key right there. When I miss it, man, to stay in relationship with Father God, I confess my sins. I repent. And you've heard me say this, guys. The best daily vitamin I can take is repentance. Where I stand before Father God and say, Father God, I'm sorry. You want to know the greatest restore in a marriage? It's repentance. Oh, crud. Pastor, why would you say that? Just telling you the truth. Just telling you the truth. That I get that in my heart where, you know what? I tell you guys, I don't come in here and pray without repenting. Man, I repent and repent and repent. And so those are keys here. 
But when we begin to change our origin and say, okay, Father God, I'm part of the kingdom of heaven. Woo, I'm not a part of this world. The world doesn't dictate to how I live here. You do. Stand up. We better get going here. I was going to try to get us a couple more scriptures, but didn't make it. That's all right. We always got next.